all time. Ooh, top three musical theater songs of all time. So one, make them hear you. Um, two. Man, there's a lot of good ones out there. Um, another one that I like to do a lot is I actually starred in First Date in Dallas. Uh, we did the premiere of that after it left Broadway. Ooh, who were you? Aaron. You were the lead? Yeah. Bro, I wish I would have saw that. You, I know with your voice, you would have blew that roll out of the water. Uh, we did it at Collin College. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you guys did it um, a couple weeks after we did it. Yeah. Did you see it? I did not. Yeah, I, it was... I went. I went to see the one in uh, Tarrant County. They did one too. Yeah, it was a good show. It was a good show. I love that show. Um, but Aaron's song to like his ex girlfriend, that is one of my favorite songs because it's so much fun to sing. Yeah. And then uh, number three, man, you've been doing so many different songs for so long. It's like, which one is my favorite? <laughs> yeah, the, 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 for some reason, the number three is the hardest one. Uh, I do. There's a song called "Caught in the Storm," mm-hmm. and it's from um. It's still technically Broadway show tunes, even though it was a TV show. Oh, what is the name of that show? My friends would hate me for this right now because <laughs> I talk about it all the time. Um, we'll edit it out. <laughs> yeah, it was about um. It was a musical about Marilyn Monroe. They had like two different shows that they were doing. Um, and one of the songs was like, let me be your star. But there's a female solo that is about um, the guy that she's with. He's kind of like addicted to drugs. And that's what being caught up in the storm is. It's like, I love you, but I'm caught in the storm because of you. Um, and what I did was I took a twist on that and did a male version of it. Um, if you look it up, uh, Jeremy Jordan has a version. So I was like, let's do that. Let's give that a shot. And it is amazing. People love it every time I sing it. Nice, nice. Smash! That's the name of this, the freaking show. Smash. Okay, yes. yeah. Now, um, what are your top three musical theater shows? Top three musical theater shows... Uh... I'm going to throw a contem- uh, classic one out there. Um, Carousel is really, really good. I respect you so much for loving classical theater because not everybody does. Like, this is how you know you're a theater geek. Have you seen the show uh, She Loves Me or heard of it? I have heard of it. I have not seen it. Yep, definitely a theater geek. Like, it pains yeah. me when people... Uh, uh, I think uh, Anthony Levi or, or uh, the guy that plays Shazam, I'm, I'm probably butchering his name to death, but um, <laughs> he was actually in it, and you know he was in the uh, the um, w- w- you know when it goes off Broadway, then it comes back. He yeah. was part of that ensemble, and you know I just love that's my favorite piece of classical theater. Nice. Yeah, this classical theater is actually amazing. You just have to sit down and watch it. Yeah. 
and a lot of people are like, oh, it looks old, eh, it's boring, blah, 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 blah. But no, they had a strict formula that kind of led into the birth of all of this great music that we have nowadays in our musicals. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, musical theater is kind of always on the leading edge of popular music. So whatever's popular in musical theater is probably going to come around later. Thank you. And they have the nerve to say we are not essential. Boy, we shape the world. <laughs> yeah. like, seriously, like what we are your distractions. What are you watching while you're home in quarantine now? Exactly. It's all of us actors, singers, dancers, and everyone behind the scenes, you know, that doesn't have a job right now that is relying on that. Not even 600 bucks anymore. All that's gone. So who knows? Yeah. So what are your top three uh, musical theater shows? Uh, so there was Carousel. Um, there was one that I starred in last year that I was going to do again. I got casted to do it um, in Tarrant County. Uh, the Wild Party that has fantastic music in it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a story about the Roaring Twenties and uh, how they had all this racial injustice that was going on. Like things that are still happening today were reflected in that show. Um, so that's another reason why I love that one. And then number three, I'm gonna have to give it to Rent. I love Rent. I can, I can always watch Rent. If anyone's like, yeah, I'm gonna put it on. I'm like, hey, let's go. Yeah, it's funny because Rent is definitely my number one. I actually um, dreamcasted it. Do you want to hear? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Um, Demi Lovato as Maureen. Uh-huh. I, I, it, it was going to be Leah Michelle, but I refused to work with her. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, I, have you seen The Rent Live? Yeah. I want to keep the same person that was in, uh, in Rent Live for Joanne. I think she did an amazing, amazing job. Oh, yeah. Um, she was good. Yeah. For uh, Collins, I can't remember his name, but the guy that played Hercules Mulligan from, uh, uh, what's that show, uh, Hamilton? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that forgettable show yeah, that right. no one knows about. Yeah, that would, uh, yeah, him as Collins. Um, I have to give uh, Angel to Todrick Hall. I know he's not Spanish, but he can pass as Dominican. Let's go. Yeah, um, and he's he's kind of native to our lands here. Yeah, um, Mimi definitely Peggy from uh, Peggy from Hamilton. Uh-huh. Definitely Peggy from Hamilton. Uh, let's see. Oh, she um, pulled off that Mariah. Ooh. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, as far as Mark goes, I want to say Ben Pratt. Do you know who that is? Ben Platt or Ben Pratt? Ben Platt. Oh, Ben Platt. Yeah. I mentioned him yeah. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Where was I? <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> He's Jewish in real life. So, you know, there's that. And, you know, plus he's just an amazing, you know, an amazing all around, all around artist. Um, mm-hmm. His vocals are amazing. Have you heard any of his solo stuff? Yes. Yes. Really good. Very heartbreaking music. Yeah. But he's so talented, man. But see, you have to be in the mood to listen to his music, though. You really do. Yeah. Yeah. You I really love do. 
And, and when you are, you literally dedicate your whole day to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I could yeah. listen to Rain pretty much all day. Yeah, you're like, it, it's a Ben Pratt kind of day, you know. Ben yeah. Pratt, yeah. Um, as far as Roger, I had to give it to Darian Chris. Had to give it to Darian Chris. And as far as Benny, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to snatch that role someday. Yeah, definitely. I tell you, every Roger that I've seen live has been way too whiny. And yeah. I've seen I've seen the revival cast, uh, the reunion cast twice. Um, I went and saw it in New York in 2006. That was a fun trip. We went and performed at Carnegie Hall. I went and saw Rent, nice. Avenue Q, Wicked, Altar Boys. Nice. Yeah. No, I think you would definitely be because you do have that kind of rocker voice. So I definitely think you can pull off uh, Roger. Mark is one of my dream roles. Like I luckily got the chance to play him. And I appreciate that because he's a Jewish character. And mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize that black people can be Jewish too. I mean, you got oh, yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. for crying out loud. Oh, yeah. But but um, I, when Jordan Fisher played him in Rent Live, I that's one of the best performances of Mark I've ever seen. Oh, he was fantastic that night. Yeah, that whole, to me, out of everybody's, you know, TV musical, that was the best one. Unfortunately, Roger, you know, he it wasn't live because Roger kind of fucked up his leg. But uh, that was definitely the best uh, live show that they've done. They could have learned a really good lesson from this one. The show must go on. He breaks his leg. Great. Put him in a wheelchair. Stick him out there. Make something up. Exactly. Thank you. Add a part of the show. Exactly. It adds something different. It adds a new twist because you don't want to just do like the exact same show every night in theater. We don't do the like to the T exact same. Some things are different every now and then. Yeah. And I had to learn that early on. Because when I was in theater, as far as blocking, I was kind of robotic like that. But I find it so much better and more relaxed when, because it's theater. Between theater and movies. If you want to see something done the same time over and over, watch a movie. But with theater, we're, we're human. So it's almost impossible to have the same step pattern and the same expression every night. You know what I mean? Exactly. With that being said, besides Roger, what are some of your dream roles? Um, other than Roger, we've got, um, like I said, Cole House Walker Jr. in Ragtime. That has been mm-hmm. a big one for me for many years. Um, I really would want to do, oh, George Washington in Hamilton. If not Aaron Burr, definitely George Washington. You could literally be anybody. I would say Aaron Burr or Hercules Mulligan. Yeah. I mean, they're both good. I just, I love Washington's, like, all his songs, everything that he yeah. does. I'm like, this is, oh, that's me. That's me. Just put me up there. Let's go. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. What did you think about Hamilton? It was such a good show. Honestly, the first time I saw it, I did not realize it was 
no dialogue. Well, there's two minutes, but I didn't realize how much singing took place in that movie. Oh, yeah, it's a lot. Um, so I was one of those uh, crazy people who um, saw it in a very crazy spot on the Internet, kind of. Definitely not at my house on YouTube or something like that. Uh, that someone posted on YouTube. And yeah. it ripped me apart the first time. Like It still does every time I watch it. There's one specific moment where the ensemble sings forgiveness and there's this look on Lynn's face um, that I die. Yeah. And then from there on, I'm just, I'm a a puddle. Yeah. It's definitely a great, great show. I love it, man. I love it. As soon as it gets off Broadway, I don't care where, I'm going for Burr. I'm going for Burr. <laughs> definitely do. Yeah. Definitely do. Yeah. Because um, me and my roommate have been talking and we're thinking like, hey, once they start doing shows again, they're going to need people. They're going to need people audition. So it's going to be pretty much audition warfare out there. Oh, yeah. People that have been... Because the thing about us as artists, it's like crack us like as creators we have to create if we don't we'll go insane exactly (laughs) so it's gotta be uh you know i want to see the theme of the auditions because it's gonna be interesting most definitely and i'm gonna use that segue to ask you this what do you think about the audition process as a whole does it intimidate you do you like it what uh for me it doesn't really intimidate me anymore it's more exciting it's kind of a bit of a rush because um after you do it for so many years like i've been auditioning since i was 10 11 years old and this is for things like american idol the voice x factor theater show here theater show there auditioning for this modeling company um auditioning for this tv show so after a while it's just like okay what do you want me to do cool what do you want me to bring awesome I do my preparation and I go in and I give it my best shot. And if they like what I got, great. If not, cool. I'm go and work on something else. And see, you actually get it. And I wish that everybody else got the audition process. Like I say this all the time. Um, uh, uh, Brian Cranston actually said he likes to look at the audition process as a birthday party and your audition is your gift. Now, if I go to your birthday party and I give you a gift, I'm not going to respect it, uh, expect anything in return. And I'm sure as hell not going to care what you do with the gift because I gave it to you. It's yours. Same as an audition. You performing is you giving your gift. If they can use it, fantastic. If not, you know, just go to any go to another one but have fun performing like you don't know when it's your last time to put on a performance and the audition is a performance you know exactly that i love that analogy that is exactly what it is um and more people do need to understand that that you need to go in with a good positive energy um and they used to give us tricks like at katie they'd be like oh yeah if you could 
uh, get to learn some of the director's names or whoever you're going to see at the table, try to shake their hands, or if they don't want to shake hands, you know, just try to do something to get a little bit comfortable with them. I, uh, Gail Cronauer taught us never to shake hands because most people are germaphobes, especially now. Yeah, yeah. especially <laughs> yeah, nowadays. I, yeah, yeah. I cringed when you were like, and it's funny because uh, I was not to cut you off, but uh, we actually did mock auditions in our class, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try it. So I'm like, hi, my name's Jonathan, and I shook everybody. You know, I reached my hand out. And uh, the dude was like, I'm not even a germaphobe, but even I was just like, oh, yeah. So I never go for the, <laughs> n- never go for the hands, at least on first try. you know? Right, right. But you'd be surprised. I've had some people that were like, oh, nice to meet you. They shook my hands. I've gotten some fist bumps, all this stuff. I mean, when you come in with that energy and people are like, oh, this guy, he's OK. He's bubbly. He's fun. He's got some good energy and nice smile. Um and I look like I'm a clean person. <laughs> They're not going to be afraid of me. Uh, but yeah, it's worth a shot at least because they don't shake your hand. And you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Can and I mean, get and a foot I mean, bump. Like, yeah. And I mean, like, it's funny, but you mentioned energy because my friend is actually a casting agent for MTV. So all those sex on the beach and love shows. Yeah. That's her. That's her. No, no. But, nice. Um, but pretty much before she was a casting agent there, she was a casting agent for NBC. And I pulled her to the side one day and I'm like, give me the tea, sis. Like, what do you guys look for in auditions? And she said, I'm sure you've heard this word. We look for ease. We look for your aura, the energy you bring in the room. If you come in the room, because what people don't know is, yes, you should always try to have a good audition, but the audition process is like literally one percent of the whole thing and so she said somebody could come in like yourself good personality shaking hands fist pump saying hi remembering names and you can fuck up on your whole audition and they would still hire you over somebody that did a good audition but was nervous cold not a good energy in their head uh, uh stuck up not speaking you know what i mean yeah. And to tag on to that, I mean, the audition process begins when you walk in the building because whoever you're interacting with in that building has connections to whoever's watching you audition. So if they go back to that person who, say, was at the desk that interacted with you and that person didn't like you because, you know, you gave off that bad energy, that's going to go to them. They're going to be like, oh, OK, so if this person treated them that way, how do I know they're not going to treat you know, everyone else this way when they actually, if they get the part or something like that. Yeah. And it's funny you say that. Cause I have been that person I have, and people are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, so scared of me. I, I haven't done it anymore and I don't plan on doing it again. It was a one-time thing for a friend, but I have went to auditions as a ploy. Like there's been, directors that was like hey i'm doing the show i know you're not going to be able to do it but can you pretend to audition to you know see the people and there are some people you know theater there's egos there are some people right off the bat i and i was like i i know who uh is rude and who's not but i'm gonna just go and i'm gonna see and sure enough, those people that were rude, didn't speak, choose not to. So I was like, yeah, her, her, and her, Patty Lapone 2.0. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, and, and they didn't get, you know, uh, they didn't get cast, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's 100% how that works. That's why I walk in. When I walk in that building, my energy is on. I am in there until I leave that building. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I mean, I'm working, I'm writing a show right now, and I would, based off what I've seen of you so far, like, I don't care if you can see or not. Like, I watch you in it. Like, I want you to be a part <laughs> of it, you know. Like, there's been directed shows, and I've literally casted somebody, and they're like, what part did I get? I was like, you didn't. So what do I do? Stand next to me and make sure I don't go insane. You know? <laughs> because their their aura is so good. Like, I don't know where to fit you, but I definitely want you a part of this. So be assistant director, be, you know, be something. Yeah. Be the on-set counselor for crying yeah. out loud. Be that energy that we need in the house definitely definitely do you write music at all uh yes i do write music um we have i did some co-writing last year like a bunch of co-writing um we released a musical called beyond perfection kennedy show um was the biggest name on that one as the writer for the book and music for that one uh like i oh i didn't mention this before but i recorded guitar for that one and uh recorded vocals for it um, I have my nice. own music I'm working on. I released two other albums with Kaiser, one of the two bands that I was in, all in one year. Like one weekend, I was recording an album for Kaiser in Austin, and in between breaks, I was flying back to Dallas to record this music for the musical <laughs> Beyond Perfection. And it was just, it was a fun rock star weekend. Nice, nice. That's beautiful. Do you know uh, Madison K. Williams? Madison Williams. That name does not sound familiar. Yeah, I see her on uh, Facebook. She's another person. I interviewed her uh, yesterday. She's another amazing artist. Like, her lyrics are just, you know, beautiful. They touch your heart. And it's funny because I like her better acoustic. Like, you should definitely... Um, check out some of her, uh, you know, some of her music. She's really, really good. Do you know uh, Daniel Moody? Yes, yes. That one, I definitely, that name is like, as soon as you said it, it was like, oh, now I'm trying to get a face to it. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, kind of tall, dark, long hair, uh, Asian-y kind of eyes. I'm pulling him up on my Facebook. I'm trying to describe him as perfect as possible because I know he listens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know him. Yeah, um, another amazing actor. He's uh, it's funny because I, I, I like one day I walked up to him and I'm like, you're my son now. Okay, I'm I'm your father. You might not know this, but we're definitely like he's such a funny person. He was JD in uh heathers uh one year and it was funny because you know in heathers the girl get dead girl walking is kind of like that whole montage is kind of like a um sex scene and he was rehearsing for it and he was like oh so this is how straight people have sex so this is what you guys do (laughs) (laughs) definitely hilarious um yeah i want to say i met him through molino actually yeah, he's great. Whitney Baumkamp, uh, Robin Clayton, uh, Michael DeAndre Childs. I think Michael oh. directed 
Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's my roommate. Michael DeAndre Charles is your roommate. Yeah. Bro, I definitely want to come over to your house and rock out now. <laughs> like, he's an awesome actor, man, and awesome. Also, J.R. Uh, Bradford. J.R. Bradford. Um, yep. Ka- uh, Kathy Tyner is another legendary god. Uh, James Chandler, Avenue Q, you know, the list. Miss Linda. Have you met Linda Leonard? Yes, Linda Leonard. Oh, my yeah, God. She I'm- is amazing when it comes to acting yes yes i like i fangirl over her just like i'd fangirl over julia (laughs) i actually have her uh one of her shows i went to i forget which one but i have a uh uh shoe box where i have all my playbills and i actually got her autograph nice yeah um ace anderson mindy uh Neumdorf, uh, the, yep. you know, uh, Ashley Matthews, sweetheart, yes, my daughter, you know, like, <laughs> like literally, we have a shit ton of people. In we've common. got, we've got great talent in the sound, and it's because, like, it's we've got all these people, but it's still such a small family that everybody knows everybody. If you're, if you're acting, you're going to get a reputation. People are going to talk about you. So when you show up somewhere, people are going to be like, oh, that's him. Okay. Let's see what you yeah. get. Yeah. And do you know Quentin Jones? Yeah. It's funny because I told, I made him a promise. And, and I'm going to promise this to you too. I said, if I ever do Hamilton, if I ever get a chance to direct it, I'm just going to say fuck it and hire you as Peggy. <laughs> he's like Peggy is my role I need that he could do it too he could do it yeah and and fun fact do you know uh, Tiana uh, Shanti Alexander Tiana I'm gonna go back to the Facebook for this one fun fact the, the very first play that I was ever in was a Midsummer's Night Dream and she played Princess Tatiana. We acted together in like my first play ever because up until that point I knew I wanted to be an actor but I never really you know pursued it but that show when her actually like kickstarted everything. Oh yeah I don't know her we're not friends. Definitely. We definitely we have people in common though. Yeah, definitely check her out. She's an amazing actress, too. Dope. I will definitely see if I can reach out through mutual friends and be like, let's get coffee. I heard we need to chat. Yeah. Now, what's your inspiration? How does your writing process work? Because I know some people, they like to be in closed spaces. Some people go into a bathtub, which I have tried, and it does work. It's a good method for, you know, shutting out the world. Um, some people get hired drunk, go to coffee shops. What's your method? Um, so the method is, uh, learn it and forget it and then sit down, use your technique and then go back in the rewriting process. That's when you want to get a little sloppy and, you know, try to get some different things done. Uh, you can't really see it, but I have, my room is essentially a studio with a ginormous bed in the middle of it. Uh, my dad bought me the bed, so if it were my choice, it'd probably just be a futon or something. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, artist life. Like, oh, I don't need the essentials. Just a guitar and yeah. Lord, I'm good. <laughs> Give me all the stuff that I need. I've got my bookcase, which is it's taller than me and it's got so much information that I use for songwriting and if I want to go back into something, I've got um past the songs that I've written. I've got my journals that I could go to. So I've kept a journal since I was ten years old. Um so there's all that. So for me, it would be like, okay, we're going to sit down. We're going to write something. I'll start off with a riff. I'll try to get like a feel um, in a certain key. I'll kind of move that around to different keys. And once I once something like strikes me, I'll build upon that. And then I'll take that to the guitar and I'll build upon that. And uh, then I'll let it sit. I'll come back, try to finish it up, uh, stick some lyrics on it and then sleep on it for like a good couple of days get it out of my head don't want anything to do with it come back so it's fresh and then finish it that way um and it's weird with the songwriting process because that's not how it's always going to happen like mm -hmm. me and michael rewrote a song that i had written a good 12 years ago and i never finished it but we were sitting at home one day and we have a piano in our living room. So I sat down and I just started playing it, toying around with it. And he was like, oh, what's this? I was like, eh, this is some garbage that I wrote forever ago. <laughs> so we sat down and we got a whole song written out of that. Two hours later, it was finished. Nice. Yeah. Uh yeah, I, I don't know if they still do this, but do you? Uh, did you know that Black Arts and Letters had like a yearly uh, mixer for the artists in um, in Dallas. I did not. Yeah, apparently I've never been to one, but apparently it's uh, where all the African American artists uh, get together once a year and just network and you know socialize with each other. Um, I would like to have one of those back when uh, when Corona lets up with everyone, you know, not just the African-American community, <laughs> but the whole community as well. And, you know, just, you know, I think it would be a great, uh, you know, opportunity to network. I know we know everybody, but, you know, there's some new school coming in. You know, there's some kids getting older, you know, that we have to usher in. Yep, know? yep. As we're and, becoming that second oldest generation right now. Yeah, and it's funny because the kids are so good. Like I'm like, oh my god, they're worth it. Their uh, work ethic. Like I did a um, show. I want to say it was Mary Poppins. I want to say it was either Mary Poppins or Hocopoca, and it was like two kids in the show, and they literally showed us. Uh, it was so embarrassing. They were always professional during rehearsal, like uh, when it was time to, uh, you know, start rehearsing. You know, we were sometimes, I want to say not too late, but we would be like two or three minutes late because we would always go to the Whataburger across the street. And huh. we would go and they would be sitting on stage waiting on us like, oh, we're here. Like it, it's something about the next generation that's so much more professional than we can be, you know? Oh, yeah. And Gen Z, these guys are showing up in every way, shape and form. I mean, 
look at the change that they're making on the street. It's these guys are going to take over the world and change it. Oh, uh, yeah. And they have good ro- good role models. You know, Jojo, uh, Siwa, they're in great hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. What's the perfect day off for you look like? Perfect day off for me um, would be waking up, getting a little bit of coffee. I would probably get up at sunrise, get to watch the sunrise, take a couple pictures, go out, hang out with some friends and, you know, maybe a nice fall day where it's not too hot because right now I can't walk a block without sweating my butt off. Right. Uh, Doing a lunch, maybe go swimming, hang out, play some music and then do dinner. Have a couple of drinks and call it a night. That's a good day right there. Yeah. If you had any advice or could give any advice to somebody trying to do what you do, what would it be? I would say stick with it. Um, stay in it. Get as much knowledge as you can from who you can and keep driving forward. Um, and the whole thing on information is make sure you have a wide stream of information. I'm saying that as I'm literally looking at books upon books upon books that are sitting next to me (laughs) um and they're random different parts like i've got a book on audio engineering because i did audio engineering for a couple of years um i've got some random kickboxing things here uh dictionaries songwriter ideas i do stock investing too so some books on that yeah Uh, a couple of literature books things for inspiration uh, random books with random pictures that great photographers have taken, psychology. Um, when there's an opportunity to learn something or do something different, give it the chance. Say yes. Don't be afraid. Just jump in and try your best because you're going to learn something that will reflect in your art later. Definitely. Who's your favorite director? My favorite director. So, unartistically, I'm a little bit biased. It would have to be my first theater director. Her name is Denise Botsky. Um, And the reason for that being is she was such a great teacher. Uh, We had some advanced classes like Libby Apple's Mask um, that you wouldn't get in high school. These were definitely like college courses that we got to take that really helped advance our acting techniques. Nice. What were some of those uh, exercises you did? So um, when you do mask, one of the first things you do is you uh, make a mask out of paper mache. And there's this whole journaling thing that you have to do with it. And then there are certain different exercises that come after that, that kind of mentally train you to, sort of fall into a character and uh one of the hardest ones if anyone ever does this there's an apple picking exercise where you are literally jumping as high and as hard as you can for at least 45 minutes non-stop and uh <laughs> the uh what your director is going to tell you it's in the book that they should say this constantly while you guys are doing this is the actor does not get tired. The actor does not get tired um, because you are the character. You are not yourself anymore. You are now that character. 
so you don't get tired until that character gets tired. Nice, yeah. nice. One of my uh, favorite acting, um, there's a lot of them. One of my favorite acting ex- exercises is uh, we, uh, when I was taking Brad's theater class, we would uh, have like, uh, we would do glass menagerie or uh, tainting of the heart or uh, something out crimes of the heart. Yeah, that's it. And um, pretty much he would write down a bunch of verbs and he would um, put them in the fishbowl and we would go to the fishbowl and say, for instance, our word is stabbing and we would have to be like, mother, I'm going to the movies. You know, we would have to say speak in like a stabbing form or if it's like uh fluttery we would be like oh mother i'm just going to the movies it's okay it's really okay you know and we would have to say it fluttery yeah and that exercise really um you know really helped me a lot and just going like reading um at that doing things at that also that point you're learning uh what's called tactics yeah um there's a book called uh, acting one i believe by robert cohen if you look in that book under tactics he speaks specifically on that um anytime you're in a scene have a verb think of something um just play with it and you can get some really good cool stuff yeah and another thing is just like doing scenes because you know as artists we are kind of competitive so like just watching a scene and saying okay how can I do that different? Or looking at another scene and saying, okay, what twist can I, um, you know, can I, you know, put on this? Like we were doing one scene where uh, we were in the, ar- on, in the army and somebody had came up murdered and I was being interrogated. And in the, uh, in the script, you know, I was supposed to say some words, then let the other person say their words. And I, as an actor, chose to, you know, cut her off like, oh, do I really want to do this? I don't know. I mean, maybe I did it, but then again, <laughs> you have no proof, you know. And it, <laughs> right. It, it, yeah, and it literally threw the person that was um, acting with me in the scene because she was literally flabbergasted because she wasn't expecting that like her character wouldn't have expected it. Yes, know? yes. Definitely. So, yeah. And that's another thing about acting. There's a lot of different choices that actors can make. And I tell everybody, if you feel like your character would do something, by all means, jump on it. Because at the end of the day, every director is going to either tell you that's good, keep it, or as they like to say, uh, that's nice, but keep working with that. You know right, I mean? right. Make a different choice. Yeah. Like I was in a, uh, at Colin, uh, they let once a year, they let the, uh, a student actually, uh, submit their work and they would do it in the alt lab. And, um, pretty much, uh, I would, I played a, uh, schizophrenic, uh, bisexual character and I was, in a scene where I was talking to my therapist, I was angry and I didn't even realize I was doing this. It was like I had an out-of-body experience, but I just snatched her clipboard and threw it out of her hands. And the director was like, 
that was brilliant. <laughs> you scared the shit out of your co-star. You might have wanted to check with her before you did that. <laughs> but keep it in, you know, and you know, and so you never know, you know, what the director could use if you, you know, don't try it, you know? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Because they're just kind of being your eye in the sky because you can't really see what you're doing or what you look like from where you are. Exactly. Now, if you could direct any Broadway show, which one would it be? Ooh. And cast the lead. Ooh. I would love to do something like Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf or something absurd like um, Waiting for Godot. Yeah. Because I would get so crazy with that one. I love that show. Yeah. I kind of want to direct Mean Girls, but I, I would want to rewrite the soundtrack, though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm like I can't, I can't work with this. I can't work. <laughs> Definitely, uh, it's funny because me and my, uh, you, you, you know Ashley, right? Which one? Um, oh, Ashley. She has long black hair. She dyed it blonde recently. Is she a dancer? Uh, yeah, dancer, actor, singer. Yes. She goes to yes. What's I think her, her um, I know her as Ashley L'Oreal. Matthews. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Me and her were talking and we were at, we were actually exchanging ideas and we actually came up with some shows that aren't musicals, like movies that are movies, but we think would make Broadway great Broadway musicals and Monster House was um, one of them. And I was telling her, I would love to have a musical of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Oh, that'd be interesting. Like, you know, just think about how like hardcore and like heartfelt those lyrics would be. And everybody would have a song. Like you would hear a song from the... Uh, uh, Lee's point of view you would hear a song from the dad's point of view and um, the only thing I would change is I know a lot of black folks got mad because they were like man Sidney Poitier was the real brother in that movie we don't <laughs> act like that so I would kind of I'm, I'm not saying I'm gonna have him sagging wearing a do-rag but I would make him more culturally appropriate yeah for 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 this time so yeah and I'm and that's something I'm actually uh working on um besides uh my own musical writing it from the ground up because i mean what can you do now that miss rona is in the group chat other than write musicals exactly you know I mean? exactly you're writing you're doing um pretty much internet shows that was what i did a couple of days back is we did an internet reading where they played the music we would do the scene and then once the song came up they would play the song that we had previously recorded uh a few weeks back and then we'd go on to the next scene. Yeah. Did you see the uh, the uh, rent one? The they did one like a like a Zoom call. Yeah, they did a Zoom call read through with music and everything. Only there was no uh, there was no music. 
And um, I was watching it with my friend and she just burst out in tears and she was like, is this what we've come to? <laughs> Zoom musical thing. And I was like, trust me, it will get better soon. Okay. All the idiots that don't wear masks will die out and then the world will be a better place. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then we'll have our shows back and it'll be great. I'm telling you, in some shows about like theater three, they're uh, going with the Hamilton method and actually taping their uh, taping their shows. Oh yeah, I saw that. Um, the show that we did was with their um, their inspiring writers' night on Monday, and we got to kind of get a little tour of the area that they have right now with all their green screens and whatnot. Yeah, and I think it's awesome how like uh say for instance with quarantine cabaret it started out with like i want to say 10 then 50 now there's like a million people in there but uh you know we've definitely done a good job at or me with this podcast like we've definitely done a good job like finding other ways to be creative you know yeah you definitely got to do that nowadays i mean i think my next thing is going to be tiktok honestly <laughs> yeah I'm I'm thinking about getting into the TikTok world and everybody's like, oh my God, Trump is gonna ban TikTok. I'm like, when you when you go to settings, just go to the country, say you're in Canada. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, there, there there's hacks to get around these things, you know. Yeah, put a but, VPN on your phone, you're fine. Yeah, and I hear TikTok is literally the easiest way to not necessarily get famous but to get a lot of people attention because apparently i've never uh experienced it but i talked to the uh director at um junior players and she said you could literally download tiktok tonight by i want to say this time wednesday you'll have over a billion followers yeah yeah it could happen just like that yeah, so it's definitely one of the easiest ways to get, you know, people's attention, especially if you're good at it. And I've been trying to push any, everybody. I was like, we're not dead yet. Let, <laughs> let, 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 let's steal the young kids platform, make it happen. You know? I mean, like right now, it's the best form of uh, social media platform because Facebook, for me at least, has kind of become toxic with all the political stuff. Like I can't be on Facebook for too long without just wanting to close it and not really wanting to talk to anyone on there. Um, And I'm on Reddit, but Reddit is very anonymous. So you don't really get to know people that are on there. Yeah. And and I, was that you that said uh, Facebook trying to be, I mean, Instagram trying to be TikTok, ain't it? Oh yes. Yes. They got this uh, new thing called Instagram reels, which is pretty much the exact same. And you know, what's funny. I was what? actually I was scrolling through reels today uh, when I was with my friend Deshaun at dinner and every reel that popped up was a TikTok. Wow. <laughs> I mean, what's the I, like I get they copied off of Vine and that's great because we don't have Vine anymore. And I get that there's uh, Instagram movies now where you can, you know, videos as long as you want. But come mm-hmm. on, like this blatantly uh, ripping off of something that is already working. That's just like going to, um, uh, you know, those movies that are, just, I call them marketing movies. Like, say, for instance, Annabelle had just came out. So they'll literally steal the um, 
the uh, wording and design, and it'll be the same thing, but instead of Annabelle, it'll be like Sally or something. Like that, <laughs> that's what that is to me. Like, I cannot tell you how many, and I'm blind. Like, I literally wear glasses. So I cannot tell you how many times I got home wanting to see a movie, thinking I'm going to see the Cedar Chucky, and it's Charles Strikes Back. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. So it's Mark Zuckerberg just trying to take everything from everyone. I mean, he's pulled influences from Snapchat, um, TikTok, YouTube. I read an article on this the other day. And I, it really opened my eyes. I was like, wow, they really have been doing all this. And they're saying, well, Trump is trying to say, oh, they're taking our all of our information. TikTok is so dangerous because <laughs> it's going to the Chinese. And I'm like, well. You know, MySpace and Facebook and Snapchat and the Internet in general has been doing that for how long now? Yeah, I'm like, calm down. We do the same damn thing over here. Exactly. <laughs> you know, th that's why it uh, hurt me so much when uh, they uh, fireworks, air quotes, went off in uh, Lebanon. Did you hear about that? Uh, oh, yes, 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 I did. Sorry, the yeah. quote-unquote fireworks threw me off for a moment. I was like, wait, fireworks? I do remember that ginormous explosion that happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was like, damn, and I'm going to Mexico to get my fireworks. I need to be importing them from Lebanon because those were fireworks, <laughs> you know, which obviously it wasn't. It was definitely a bomb. And the reason why I felt for that, you know, them so much is because they were already doing bad, number one. And number two, I know our government doesn't give a shit about us. They would do the same exact thing if needed be. So 